Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. everybody good morning thanks so much for joining us on this edition of down to earth with harriet kamak i wanted to just tell you thank you it's the third morning and it's halloween of all the things that could happen today it's halloween isn't that amazing it's halloween it's halloween and i don't know about you but i'm so i think i'm so stuck at the point when did it become halloween and what does that mean? Because after today, guess what it is? It's the holiday. I mean, like in a past, we're next up for the holidays. And it's amazing to me that uh, we are almost at that point where we're ready. We're ready for the holidays. <laughs> are you? I don't know about that, but that's the way I got to go the tree. I'm going to have to pull out all that stuff. Oh, I'm not so sure I'm going to go all of that. So, for those of us, we're going to do uh, what we're doing anyway. Well, politics of the day just keep going, right? Politics of the day just keep on going. And it's the most amazing thing to me this morning how trying to uh, get to Trying to get to where we want to be and trying to get stuff done is just absolutely amazing. So I wanted to share this with you all. Uh, yesterday I attended. Oh my goodness! Uh, yesterday I attended an event. In uh, what on earth is going on this morning? Yesterday I attended an event and uh, in Flint. Michigan, and it was amazing to me to see how uh, how quickly and how the mayor of Michigan uh, was able to uh, pull together resources from the Department of Energy. This actually has nothing to do with water, but because Flint is associated with water, uh, it, the, the people are naturally uh you know, curious about what is Flint doing that the rest of us are not doing. And uh, we didn't talk about water. You know, the forum yesterday was not to talk about water, but it was to talk about energy efficiency and renewable energy uh, renewable energy sources. So there's some interesting things that came out of that. But what, uh, for me, the thing uh, that, that got to me uh, was water affordability. The more I listened to it, was the more I became aware that we have a problem. And I did not imagine for the life of me that we would ever have a water problem in the United States. I mean, I don't know about you, but I could never imagine. 
what the, the story was, what, what that was all about. But uh, it seems to me that we, we have an issue. And why? I don't know. I don't know. I tried to figure that out yesterday, and we talked to the folks, and uh, hopefully I can provide you with some answers as to why water affordability has become an issue in the United States. And it's interesting because it's one of those things that you somehow never imagined could ever could ever happen. You know, for, for, I've always assumed that, and wrong of me to assume, right, <laughs> that the United States would never have an issue or would never deem that water would be an affordability issue. But I was, like I said, we were at this Department of Energy uh, forum organized by the mayor of the city, of Flint, of, of the Department of Energy is looking at renewable energy resources throughout the country. And there are some interesting things. So if you have a young person, there are jobs available within the federal government. There are jobs outside of STEM that are available in energy, it, it, but they are encouraging STEM. And one of the things that emerged out of it, which was quite shocking, was that a lot of the energy jobs are not being given to American nationals because American nationals have not or have not scholarly completed a scholarly course that would direct them through STEM. So the jobs become available. The requirements for the job are such that they are engineering driven. They're driven by science and technology and engineering. And for some reason, our children are just not bothering to study that. They're not bothering with science, they're not bothering with technology, and they're not bothering. They use technology, but they're not studying it. And they're not studying engineering. They're not studying math. So typically in these jobs, those jobs are given to non-American nationals because of that, because there's a deficit. So now the Department of Energy in recognizing that is directing their resources at getting children engaged in, in, in STEM, getting children and, and you know, we're having this grand reach out to let people know that these jobs exist. And at the same time, encouraging people to realize that there are also jobs outside of STEM within the Department of Energy. But I'm in, I was in Flint, and naturally, I am listening to Keys, because one of the uh, panelists was, is from the, the Flint Department of Water and Sewage. We live in Michigan. Michigan is a temperate climate. We're a beautiful state with lots of trees and forests up north in the northern part of the state. Uh, we are a peninsula, so we're bordered by water, except the part that is attached to, you know, Ohio, Illinois, and Indiana, right, that land-based part of us. But on either side, there's Lake Michigan on one side of Lake Erie that separates us from Canada. So we have a lot of water going on here. And even on the land itself, there are lots of little lakes all over the place, right? There are lots of little pockets of water everywhere. And because we have so many trees, we naturally have waterfalls. I mean, we, have, we naturally have water abundantly. Uh, we're complaining about rain. It's been raining constantly for 24 hours. So it's going to peter out tonight, I think. I'm going to snow because it's cooler now, much cooler. Right, so it's going to become snow. Yesterday there was late uh, snow on Lake Michigan, which is on the western side of Michigan, right? And when you when you look at us, you know, we're tired of the rain here. Like we're like, can we get a break? Can we just not have any more rain? And so <laughs> that 
us here in Michigan. Meanwhile, California is learning. <laughs> and folks in Michigan are like, we have dead in a frame. So the rain is falling. And it's, you know, going into the catchment areas, the reservoirs and so on. And there are water treatment systems. So why has water affordability become an issue in the United States? So I asked that question yesterday, and I was amazed at the kind of answers that I was getting. One of them was power, energy, chemicals, and labor. Right, so the chemicals have the cost to treat the water, the power, the energy that runs the water treatment plants, and the chemicals and, and, the, the, and labor to pay people to, to manage. I learned something else about Flint that, the, like most urban areas, the population has dwindled over the years. So there's no infrastructure, as usual. There's no economic investment. And so houses are abandoned. The land is just sitting there. So naturally, that's land available to do other things such as create windmills or, you know, garner or whatever uh, solar energy that we should have. But my concern is this. It was not just I remarked yesterday that Detroit almost became Flint a few years ago when people's water was being shut off because they couldn't afford it. And I'm asking the question, why is water affordability a problem? Why are people in urban areas more for water? I learned something that in the state of Maryland, for instance, uh, when you pay your water bill, hey, how you doing? When you pay your water bill, they uh, round it off, encourage you to round it off, and when it's rounded off, they help low income. Yes, I believe in Jesus. They round it off, and when they round it off, you know, they, it helps low income people. But here's my thing. Why, why is water affordability a problem in the United States? This is a country where this was never supposed to happen, right? It was never supposed to happen here, right? You know why it wasn't supposed to happen here? Because we have water, and we have the means to take that water to the to, to people. Not yet. You can share it in just a few minutes. You can, well, you know, just a few, right? Um, but the thing, the thing about it is, why has water become such a problem for people? And I'm saying all of that because I really am curious. I couldn't understand why. So. They also said something that came out of it. They said the aging infrastructure. Uh, for instance, if you look at a city like Detroit, for instance, uh, the city was built over 100 years ago. There has been no investment in the infrastructure to change the uh, pipes that were built over 100 years ago. There has been no investment. Why? Because the money has been given by the federal government, but when our uh, senators, our elected senators and representatives, they don't ask for the money. They're not interested in the infrastructure. They are, I don't know what happens to the money. The money disappears. So somebody suggested, well, ask your congressman where the money is. But that, to me, was not the answer either. It's not just the aging infrastructure that's the problem. To me, the problem is an increase in rates. It seems to me that there is a a public policy initiative across the nation to rid low-income people and people in urban areas of their land. That means that if you can't afford it, they hike 
keep the rates so high that would prevent you from being able to afford something as basic as water. That's the way that I see it. I am not, of course, chemicals are going to cost more than they did 50 years ago, much less 100 years ago. Of course, power is going to cost more. We should have more energy-efficient ways to deliver power. That should be an issue because we've been talking about this for the last years, how important that is. But what I'm finding difficult to understand is, is why is this a problem? Why is this such an issue? Why has this become the issue of the time? And the reason I'm saying that is because it's something else that's going on that we probably are not looking at. Uh, we probably should be looking at why has this become such an issue. It, it's almost like something else experience is going on. I cannot. So for me, the question is not that uh, the question is not that there isn't there aren't costs related to delivering water. But I feel as if there is a there is an agenda behind this. There's a hidden agenda that dictates that try to make it make it so that people can't afford it. And no matter what uh, no matter what the answers that they gave, I am a firm believer that that is exactly what happened. I believe with all my heart that that is exactly what happened. Do you see what I'm saying? So I think that that what has happened is that people have been left behind by a system and that people in low-income areas, people who are, even people who are in rural areas, I imagine the same thing is happening in, in rural communities. Water rates are very high. Why is water expensive? And, and you got to understand, America is in the northern part of the hemisphere. So it's not like America is in the southern hemisphere where we are subject to, to droughts and so on. No. Most of the country is, is, is able to attract water, except, of course, areas that are traditionally dry, like Arizona, Nevada, and, uh, and, and southern California, because those are areas that are desert. So in those areas, where there's desert, there really hasn't traditionally been much water fueled by high winds. That's a breeding ground for wildfire, right? So they never really paid attention to it for 30 years in California. I really think that they didn't do as much infrastructural investment as they needed to to avert wildfires. I believe they didn't pay enough attention to it. They must have seen it coming. Probably thought it wouldn't be a problem. And now everybody's running for their lives because... If it's not one thing, it's the other, right? But when you look at it, why is water affordability an issue? Why are the rates, why, why is water bills at such a high rate? For instance, here in Detroit, my water bill, I pay a water bill. I've never paid $60 on a water bill. I've never paid $60 on a water bill. My water bill is always over $90. Three people in a house, you barely use the bathroom, you barely, uh, run, you don't wash every day. Nobody does laundry every day. Nobody runs a dishwasher every day. So why is your water bill so high? They cannot explain it. The reason they cannot explain it is because it's built higher. Whereas when I lived in Oakland County, I barely paid $20 a month for water. It was like minuscule compared to anything else. Do you see what I'm saying? So to me, there is an agenda to, to, to run 
uh, low-income people out of their homes and off of their land. And that is the agenda. And this agenda has nothing to do with which party is in power. It seems to me that this is it, it's more it's more economic and racial oppression than anything else. That's all it comes down to. It doesn't come down to uh, affordability in terms of well, we're just going to build it at the time because people in this area can pay more for taxes, so they can pay more. No, it comes down to racism. So whether or not it's the GOP in power or whether or not it's the Democrats in power, it comes down to making sure people are racist at heart. And when you talk about institutionalized racism, these are some of the things that emanate out of it. That's just the plain truth and nothing but the truth. It is what it is. Seriously, is what it is. You can talk about all kinds of things like climate change. There's a whole other conversation we're going to have later with other folks to talk about climate change and the impact of climate change and what climate change looks like. But when it comes to water, there, there are certain, when I made my notes, what became clear is that there are certain, there's an intersection there that occurs. There are barriers that prevent people from being able to pay their water bill. One of the barriers, of course, is people can't get work to do. People cannot afford to go to school. They can't afford to go to college. There's no infrastructure that lends itself to that. There's a system of racial and economic oppression that subjects people until some people simply can't do any better. So those who get out, they're so glad they got out, they escape, and they never look back. And I can't blame anybody for that. You want to get away from it. You don't want to remember what it was like. You want to forget about it because such a, it's so racism is so personal. I have found for people who have been racially uh, attacked that it is such a personal thing. It hurts the human being inside. But I've also found that the people who practice racism and the people who exert racism, they're as cold as ice. They look at people of color and they don't give a fig. They're not human. They look at people and they're like for a whole sector of the country. They don't care. Let me give you some statistics. By 2044, America will be a minority-majority country. Minorities will become the majority by 2044. Here's how it's going to be broken down. The composite of the population is going to be this. This is why they call it a minority-majority. 20%, 30% of the population, of the minority population, will be Hispanic. 13% will be African-American, and the rest is broken down, Middle Eastern, uh, Asian, Pacific Islander, etc. Right? So 54% by 2044, the American population will be minority in 2044. That is why there is such a rush to rid people of their land. Because if you have land, you have power. If you own your land, you won't be moving back and forth. If you own your land, you have equity. You have a base. You have something to leave to the next generation. This is why I call it racism, because it removes, it's a barrier that prevents people from having equity and prevents people from being able to be financially solvent. If you own your land, you can take out a loan on your land and buy something else. If you own your house, you own land, you can do something with it. But if you don't, you don't have anything. So they keep moving black people and moving people of color 
So they kind of just throw it in the mix. It's really aimed at black people. But if you are ethnic or of other ethnicity, you just kind of get caught up in it. Oh, well, uh, that's your problem. You just kind of just got caught in that. But what they really intend to do is to make people be insolvent financially. That's really what it is. I listen to all the policymakers. I listen to everything that they said about the reasons why, but at heart, the real reason, the real reason is economic disempowerment for people of color. That's really what it comes down to. And, and it's interesting because when you look at it, you're like, well, that's the same problem that people in Africa and the Middle East are running from. Climate change is happening. There's no water. If there's no water, there's no farming. If there's no farming, there's no food. If there's no water, life can't go on. You can't flush the toilet. You can't wash. You can't have a shower. Basic human basic human necessities is what I call it, right? So if there's so people are running to find a better life for the next year for themselves and the next generation. They don't want to have to live like this, so they keep running to the countries of the north, right? After all, they were the colonial powers who colonized people and took all the resources out of their country and then left them high and dry. Come on now, but. So that is another country's story. Why are we having that problem here in America? It is racism. At the core of it, it is racism. When you look at it, when I looked into the faces of those uh, uh, public policy people yesterday, all I saw was your intention is to simply make people disempowered, and I had locked right into it. So when you look at it then, you have to look at what are the barriers that are preventing people from being able to access goods and, goods and, and, and services, right? Why is it so difficult? Yeah, I mean, you want to run a test? I call somewhere, apply for something you call and apply for. You're almost guaranteed to get it. Me? Once they hear my demographics, they realize who you are, uh, there are barriers suddenly that prevent you from doing so. You look at people, when you look at other barriers, you look at stuff, you, you look at situations, that social issues that contribute to this, you look at social, other social factors. People retire. They have a limited income. But most of your income, you should be paying 20 or $30 a month for water. Why are you paying $100 a month for water? If you're only taking home $1,200 a month on your social security. Then you look at people who can't get work. You, it's not like... The honest truth is, if they were really paying people 40 hours at $10 an hour, I guess most people could get by. But they're not giving you 10, they're not giving you 40 hours a week. You're working $10 an hour, and you're working 20 hours a week. Because if you work more than 30 hours a week, they're going to have to do what? Pay you benefits according to the law. So people can't earn enough. So you can't get out of the system. You can't find your way out. So black kids go to college, they come back with a degree, and they're still not getting paid enough for them to save money to buy a house. They're still paying rent to some conglomerate somewhere that has multiple apartment complexes across the country. It is most, uh, it, 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 when you look at it, you're like, this is why. This is why there's such apathy towards the electoral process. That's why there's such apathy from millennials towards government and government affairs. Because they feel as if you're not engaging with me because you're not trying to help me to get a job. I don't feel like I'm part of the process. I don't feel like I'm even seen. Do you hear me? Do you see me? Do you see what I'm saying? So when you look at it, 
they look at areas and they're like, how many people live in this area? When they say people, they're not talking about black people. They're talking about white people. No white people live there. Okay, well, we're going to do something to keep it. Which is why they're against universal health care that the couples benefit from jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is racism at the core. It is racism at the core. And you've got to call it what it is because why else? Should water become a something that we talk about? Why should water affordability become something? Water should is a base human necessity. Everybody needs water. You, if you live in the in the southern part of the country, you probably need power to keep your AC going because you can't live, you can't breathe. If you live in the northern part of the country, most of the year you need heat. Why is so water is something that we need all year, every day. You need to wash your hands. I, you know, I'm one of, I'm like you. I wash my hands frequently. So there's no, if I turn my tap on and there's no water in there, I'm going to have a problem because I need to wash my hands. I, freak, I get freaky when I can't get to wash my hands, right? So my skin is constantly dry because I wash my hands frequently, right? It's called advanced hygiene. Some people need to practice that, especially today where it's food season. It's getting there. People need to practice that. But do you see what I'm saying? And, and it's amazing to me how people have not taken, how people have, we're watching this and seeing this, and maybe we're tired, you know, maybe we're fed up, and it's like, I don't want to take on another fight, but this is important. We have to pay attention to this because it's not just Flint, it's not just Detroit, it's urban areas everywhere across the country, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's not taking place in some rural areas. Recently, I was part of a forum, and I became aware of a, of, a, of a fact, an indisputable fact, that across the country, there is a move to tax churches. In the black community, churches are mostly located in urban areas, okay? So here's how the taxation works. Churches are nonprofits, but what they have done is attach a tax or a water tax to how much pavement you have. So your parking lot is big. They start taxing you based on the size of your parking lot, how much water they claim is going into the drain. So you have to green it up. They put it under the umbrella of green space. If you can believe that. So you have to, if you want to survive, just be a high bill. One, one church I heard recently, their water at taxation is $60,000 a month just for the parking lot. That church is going to be on the chopping block in just a few days. I kid you not. Right? I kid you not. It's the most interesting thing I have ever heard. So these are, uh, these are, that's crazy. I know. These are the kinds of situations that we're seeing that are coming. And it's, I could go on and on about this kind of stuff, but believe me, there is an intent behind it. These are not just like, obviously, the reason they want to get rid of churches is there's obviously another agenda. But coupled with all of that, it comes down to, well, who are the people in power who maintain power despite what party is in power? It's always white people. Well, who are the people who are most likely to be affected by these policies? Poor people. And who makes up most of the poor people in the country? economically disadvantaged people, people of color. There you have it. There you have it. 
These are the things that I refer to as the social determinants of health. If you don't have access to clean running water, then your health is going to be impacted. The reason why this is affecting me the way it does is because I cannot believe this could happen in America. I thought this was, when you read upon this, that these are things that are happening in other regions of the world. This should not be happening in America. This should not happen here. This should not be our story. We should not be talking about water affordability. People should not have their water cut off for non-payment. You should never get a water bill for $200 or $300. You should not get a water bill for $160. It's shameful. The Detroit Water and Sewage Department, the Flint Water and Sewage Department, the Baltimore Water and Sewage Department. In Philadelphia, they're turning to some new alternatives to, to look at it, right? But there should not be an issue where people have to pay more than $60 a month for water. How many people live in a typical house? How much water do you seriously think they can use? Think about it. So the rate at which people are billed is high. And it's not enough to sit back and let it happen because if we're not careful, what we're not realizing is that this is a systemic move designed to move people off of their land. For instance, when the Great Migration from the South took place between 19, I believe it was 1910, 1915 to 1975, a lot of the people who came south just followed the railroad lines because that was the easiest way they could escape the Jim Crow laws. The Jim Crow laws were so severe that if a black person were caught trying to escape from the south, they were lynched or beaten. I kid you not, you need to read the book, The Great Migration, right? Some cities are making rainwater collection illegal. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Some cities are making rainwater collection illegal. So you have water is falling from the sky. And you put a catchment system up there to collect water and make it illegal? Come and talk to me. I want to see somebody from Detroit City come and talk to me about that. That is unbelievable. <laughs> Crazy. But do you see where I'm going with this? They're making it so that it is economic oppression. And then people have the nerve to say that black people are angry all the time and Hispanic people are angry all the time and are filled with hate. Wouldn't you be? If everything is a cost, if everything is so paced so highly and then you don't work enough to pay, you wait for it. Watch for it. When this starts impacting white people at the lower end of the economic spectrum, it's when you're going to see change. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the most unbelievable thing ever. This thing is so outrageous. It's unbelievable. Something has got to be done. And, and black leaders in cities have their hands tied because they want to be able to effect meaningful change. But there are some things that the more they fight, is the more they realize there's something they're they're fighting the same problem, the same ghost, the same evil that their parents and grandparents fought against. It's called racism. Make no mistake about it. Water should not be offensive. Water is affordable because guess what? Water is free, isn't it? Does it take a process to produce water? No. It takes a process to treat it, but the water is coming out of the sky. The water is in the lake. The process 
cleaning it when you capture it from the lake is, is, is what, where you should pay the money and the distribution of it. But the water is coming out of the sky. If the water is coming out of the sky, why are you and I paying so much for it? Because the rain falls from the sky, doesn't it? The rain falls from the sky. Guys, you got to see this from this point of view. You got to see this and talk about this. Engage this on your timeline. Whatever city you live in, even if you live in the suburban part of your city, still reference the water sewage department in the main urban area of your city. Because this is the craziest thing ever. I am using the space and time to talk about water affordability because it is a problem. And if I can see if it's happening in Flint, after all the stuff that happened in Flint, where the pipes had aged out, where they use, they turn the water back on. Industry doesn't use so much water anymore. Okay, so if you're pumping out less water, why are you still charging more to less people? So you have less people using water, but you're still charging them more. And you're giving reasons like, well, it costs, uh, it costs uh, money to produce it. Heck, that's your darn problem. That's your darn problem. The water falls from the sky. You didn't have the water trapped in from Arizona. You didn't get, you're not getting water from Minnesota. The water is falling out of the sky. I learned that in Michigan, for every gallon of water, a person in Michigan uses 288 gallons of water fall from the sky. Nestle needs to be shot. <laughs> Nestle needs to be, to be put in their place. Nestle wants control of water across the country. Why? Because they want to sell us water in bottles. So they want to take a natural, naturally occurring resource. They're treating us much like the third world. It's just like colonialism. So America is now looking inward and saying, well, we have a group of people right here we can colonize. Our own people, born in America, raised in America, naturalized Americans, and we have our own people and we're going to colonize them. So we're going to treat our own people as we would treat people from other countries. I can do that. That's what America is looking at. So Nestle is take wants to do that. They did the same thing in, 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 in Michigan where the governor, the previous governor, Snyder, gave Nestle $200 a month for bottling the water that falls out of the sky. And he thought he could get away with it because we provided jobs. What kind of jobs? Jobs that pay $10 an hour for the water that is common to everybody who lives in the state of Michigan? Look at my face, y'all. So I look happy. I, I, I'm sorry. This is not one of those programs where, you know, I'm just going to sit here and talk and be pretty and just pretend like these issues don't matter. I can't do that. I really, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to be the kind of radio host that, you know, people are like, oh, just bring life. Oh, just let the life just flow out. I, I tried. <laughs> but every now and then I get, I, I come up on an issue such as this. So we're talking about water affordability. And what we're saying is marginalized communities across the country face reduced access to clean, affordable water. America is the richest nation in the world. Communities of poor people and people of color have limited access to clean, safe drinking water free of harmful chemicals. Communities in Flint, Michigan, have gone without clean, lead-free water for years. 
with lawmakers hesitating to take responsibility for this failure. In the richest country on the planet, why are America's very own citizens suffering from a lack of access to clean, affordable drinking water? Is it aging infrastructure? Cost of going green? Lawmakers dropping the ball? No, it's good old-fashioned Jim Crowism that is now called racism. That's all that it comes down to. And that is it. And if you don't like it, if you don't like to hear it, I don't know, maybe we need to continue to have this kind of conversation, but it's definitely time for us to address this issue. Think about it. Think about that. This is something that we need to think about. This is something. There are other people who play football. There are people who play basketball. There are people who sing a melody. I talk. This is what I do. I talk to bring awareness. Hopefully, others use their platforms to highlight the disparities and the economic disparities that exist within the system. But people in marginalized communities, and marginalization occurs for a number of reasons. Sometimes it's generational poverty. Much like white people have access to over 400 years of generational wealth because your ancestors started building it from 200 years ago. For instance, I read recently that the folks who uh, had owned Clotilda was the slave ship that brought the last group of Africans from Africa, from the west coast of Africa, to, uh, to, to Alabama. He invested all of $25,000, the gentleman who was, one, who was the sponsor for the ship, right? Today, 175 years later, his family is worth $35 million. Do you see what I'm saying? Generational wealth. So 175 years ago, that family member started to build wealth. 175 late years later, his, gen- his generations are worth $35 million, or $55 million, I'm sorry, $55 million. That's what you call generational wealth. So marginalized communities are marginalized because they have not been afforded the opportunity to create generational wealth. They're work, their works in progress, and sometimes incarceration is high in those communities. Poverty causes a lot of problems. Poverty is a big problem. Poverty contributes to these high rates of attrition. Poverty is the problem. But what is, how did poverty occur? If you continue to, to, to excoriate people from the mainstream, and if you continue to ensure that generations of black people later, even though they are qualified for the job, still don't get the job, we still have a problem. Have you interacted with the federal government? You've interacted with the federal government. Have you noticed how the color of the federal government is changing? Because they've opened up and they're bringing in people. They're hiring more people. Well, we need to do that in more areas, in state government, county government, and in city government. And what I'm finding is I used to think that uh, 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 African-American and other uh, people of color when they enter into these positions of power that they weren't doing enough, I found that what they found was that they were just one person fighting against the system. And some people were like, man, I'm just going to go along to get along. I'm just here for a time. Let me get back in and get out of it. And some people were just like, I can't do anything because the system is so racist-based. It's unbelievable. Now, they're in uh, their elected officials, so maybe they can't comment like I can. I don't know what their issue is, because if it were me, 
elected or not, I'm still going to talk about it, right? But what it brings to mind is that these are issues that we must concern ourselves with. These are issues that are of serious, that have serious ramifications for people's long-term health. We've got to have access to water. Water is basic. We've got to have access to clean water. It is unthinkable that in these United States, water affordability is an issue, right? People are going with it. And they're saying that there is a standard for lead across the country. And it seems to me that lead is going to be a problem in our water for some time. It might be at acceptable levels because they say it's got to be in the system. We need to change all the infrastructure. Why haven't we changed all the infrastructure in over 100 years? And, and, and public policy folks like to tell you, well, the tax base changed. Seriously? Seriously. Well, what were you doing before the tax base changed, before people had to move out? What were you doing with the money then? You didn't think the infrastructure needed to be changed every 30 years maybe? Or you just diverted money somewhere else? Because you think that that makes better sense. I'm just saying, people. I'm just saying. And I guess what I guess I've had it because I have seriously had enough issues with with just water affordability being the issue here. But whatever it is, we gotta find a solution to this problem. Uh, we gotta have a we gotta have this solved so that the next generation can't afford to live. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Sucks. Major. Major sucks. Major, major, major. Major, major, major. I I never thought the day would come when I'd have to talk about water affordability. I thought that was behind us. I thought it would never, ever occur in these United States. I used to think that America was the great city on a hill and it was the beacon of light that was directing everybody else in the world to how to live, how to treat its citizens. But not if you're mistreating poor people. Not if you are going to make water an issue and access to clean water. That's all we're talking about. What you want people to go into wells and pull water out to go wash their hands and stuff? Why? Do you see what I'm saying? And, 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 and this is a this is an argument that I suppose is not going to end because I saw a Bill Gates documentary in which he said that people talked about uh, the fact that uh, the fact that uh, this was an issue, right? And in the Bill Gates documentary, they referenced that. The delivery of water, the fact that water has to be, uh, that how water is treated, that the power, the energy required to propel the system, right? That control distribution and treatment of water is where the costs are. But they found that there were some cost-saving mechanisms that could have been employed. The problem is, who was going to do it? Do you see what I'm saying? It's the craziest thing ever, my friends. It's, a cra- it's, 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 it's simply unbelievable. But these are things that we need to talk about. These are things that we have to talk about. We should not pay, you should not have to 
pay so much for water. If 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 you had to mine the water out of the ground and you own the land on which the water came from, then I could say, well, yeah, I need access to water, so I have to pay you because you have all the access. The water is coming straight out of the sky. And because the water is coming out of the sky, you don't own it and I don't own it. We all own it. So if that is the case, this is the question that we need to ask. So, folks, you need to start going to city council meetings. And if you can't drive there, you need to Facebook them. You need to tweet them. You will get an answer. Why is water affordability an issue in the United States? Why? That should not happen. This is something that people need to pay attention to because it gradually some of you are probably even paying it without realizing it because you're already paying all the household bills. It's it's incremental and it's increased. So you're like, gee, we're using so we must be using more water. That's the first thing you're gonna think. You probably are thinking we're using more water. No, you're not. You're using the same amount of water. If you follow the the, the charts that they send you, you really haven't increased your uptick in water. What has increased is the cost. They're attaching more costs to it because they, I've never got, I live in Detroit. I've never gotten a water bill for $60. And I don't use my laundry every day. I've never got a water bill for 60 bucks. Why can't I get a water bill for 40 bucks? Because the delivery of water. I swear to God, they look at my name and say, oh, she can afford it. Let's just bill her. Right. So, because when I tell, I ask my neighbors, how much you pay for water? And they're like, I pay 60 to 80 bucks. I'm like, I never see a bill for that. They're like, what are you doing over there? I said, that's the question I've asked them. Come and check my pipes out. What is the problem? I swear to God, they look at you and they say, they can afford it. Let me just charge them more. Crazy. Really crazy. Right? Seriously ill. Own two lots of land, have to pay water on the land with no house on it. Are you hearing me? In Detroit. So you own land in Detroit, you're paying water, and there is no house on the land because they're charging you for the water going into the sewer, coming off the land. So if you have a lot of pavement, they charge you, but if you have more grass, they won't charge you. Are you listening? That's the same way they're taxing people. So you know what's going to happen? Businesses are going to do what? Say it. Come out of the city. Why? Because they're going to be paying more water on the pavement, the parking lot. Go figure. And you want to tell me that that's not directed endemic institutionalized racism. They want to tell you that it's power. That's the energy to do it. That the chemicals cost more. That labor costs more. And you're still sitting there like, and the water is free from the sky. So why are you inflating the cost attached to the distribution and the delivery of affordable, clean water? See what I mean? Wow. Folks, we've got issues here. That's for sure. We have issues we have issues. I'm going to read what some folks are saying here. Uh, uh, somebody says free base revenue instead of taxing. Okay, yeah, that's an alternative. Yep. Uh, somebody else says Jay Baldwin's quote about uh, 
being relatively conscious to be in a rage almost all the time, right? The one I like the most is who is owning the water. When I lived in Florida, uh, there's a little place called Zephyros just outside of Tampa. And they they had Zephyros water. You probably have heard of them. They had just started bottling water. So they were billing themselves as, you know, naturally occurring water. When somebody said, no, they're just, somebody said they collect water from the spring and put it in a bottle and barely treat it. This is what I'm saying to us all. They are taking the water that is a naturally occurring resource. They don't own it. They don't have the rights to it. They don't have the license to it because the water comes out of the sky. It's free. But some people want to control the water so they can make money off it. That's what's going on. They want to control it. So if there there comes a point in time when, for instance, let's say California always needs water, Arizona, at some point, either people are going to leave those states or they're going to ask other states to contribute to their water or other states sell them water. But they're going to do something, right? Uh, I asked this question as well about desalination of water. And California, as you know, you know, most of California has a coast, right? So they're adjacent to that big ocean out there. And I was told that the desalination of the process of extracting salt from seawater is very costly. Therefore, Californians, especially those in Southern California, don't see it as a viable, feasible alternative to accessing water that, you know, they could plant their plant lawns and so on. Hence, the, the area is always dry. You, you know, you can't water your lawn. You don't have enough fresh water to do that. So, it's a breeding ground for wildfire. The climate is heating up, right? I don't know if California is probably getting hotter. So really, it's not just California. It sounds like the problem starts in the desert adjacent to California, down in Nevada, right? That's where the heat is being funneled across and being funneled by winds that propels it across. And then you encounter all the trees and so on. And you have a, it's a pocket, right, of wildfires. Right, so planting more trees is not going to work because the trees don't get in the water. But I'm like, so green. There's so much traffic in California. The 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 emissions from the gases uh, heat the atmosphere continually, so the trees trees can't even thrive. It, it, it it's amazing, and I'm like, all these years, and you haven't found a solution to that yet. So by looking at that, I don't know. I want to. I'd like to know if anybody out there has the answer. I want to know. I'm just curious, right? But my thing is, why can't people, marginal people in marginalized communities, why can't they have access to clean water, water that falls from the sky? Like I told you, I found out that for every gallon of water a Michigander uses, 288 gallons fall from the sky. That's a lot of excess water. That's a lot. So when it falls and it goes into reservoirs and and catchment systems, excuse me again, would the reason why I have to pay more for water? Cue in that and then let me know. (laughs) Crazy, isn't it? Food for thought, people. Food for thought. Food for thought. Why can't we have affordable water? It's something we need to talk about, right? Something to talk about, something to think about. 
And so I'm encouraging everybody to go talk to your Congress people and ask why, 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 why can't we have this conversation? Because something has got to be wrong, right? Something has got to, got to, got to be wrong. Why can't we have clean, affordable water? Right? I gotta go. Uh, I'm just amazing. I'm I'm just I just find it amazing. And, and when you look at the intersections and the barriers, because here's the thing, like I said before, water is a is a is a is a social determinant of health, right? And the access to it, water, it's important. Thank you. You're welcome. What uh, it's important to have access to clean water, to have healthy, thriving communities filled with people who are healthy. We've got to have clean air and clean water. And whereas we know that urban urbanization has caused fumes and, and so on, we know that. It's part of modern life. This is what we refer to. We wanted a modern way of life. Well, here's what's happened. We had drive more cars. We use more heat. We use more energy to drive heat that creates heat. You're using an air conditioning that runs on a motor that generates heat. For it to produce cool air, it generates heat. All of that's up in the atmosphere. So we understand that these are these are the trials of modern life. But at the same time, the water is falling from the sky. We pay energy bills, don't we? Because they're not using wind energy. They extract the oil, somebody extracts the oil, pay for the oil to be carted across and delivered and be converted into energy. So we pay for that. Gladly. We like modern life. I like my lights on, my TV on, right? And my car being driven, right? Going to the supermarket, going to the grocery store, going about my activities of my daily life. We enjoy that. But the water that comes out of the sky, we got to do something, right? Join me again on this program, on this station, as we continue to talk about this and more issues that matter, more of the issues that matter. My name is Harriet Kemet. This program is Down to Earth. It's a listener-supported program, and I ask you to contribute to our broadcast by going to my website, harrietkemet.com, as well as going to my page on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you are listening to the podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Happy Thursday and Halloween. I didn't dress up. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.